0: You're listening to a teaching from Sundown Church. We hope you encounter God through our podcast and experience freedom in your life. I asked Jay to play that song, Rest On Us, because in that bridge, Holy Spirit, come rest on us. You're all we want. I pray that those are not just words that we sing because those are the words that are on the projector. But the Lord was saying, and the reason we played it, that's really the entirety of the sermon. And uh, Jay preached his own sermon that we could spend some time on and we'll probably spend some time on just in that prayer and testimony of praying over Ukraine. But the Lord said, when that is the reality of the people that gather in this place, Holy Spirit, you're all we want. When that is the reality, He said, you better be holding on to something. Because what I will release will come so quickly and it will explode so fast. It will not just be this gradual process, but it will be so heavily and fully released and done. It will be as though something exploded in the city. And you could not deny what happened. And you could not avoid seeing what happened. When that becomes our reality, so I'd ask you, when you say, Holy Spirit, you're all I want. Is that true of your heart? And if it's not, that's okay. Make it so. Say, Holy Spirit, you're all I want. And if your heart is still, no, not really, I want this, then say it again. Say it again, say it again, say it again. Proclaim it over your story that, Holy Spirit, you're all I want. And I don't care if I have to convince myself that you're all I want, then I'll convince myself that you're all I want until I wake up on that glorious day. And I don't have to make that decision because it's true of my life. Holy Spirit, with my first breath, you're all I want. It's not a decision I have to make, but it starts as a choice. Everything starts as a choice. I don't have to think about coming here on a Sunday morning. I don't have to get up and be like, I guess I'll go. I'll make that choice. I've been coming here for seven years, and it's my home. It's a natural thing. Sunday morning, this is where I'm going. It's not a choice I have to make. I wake up on Sunday and I rejoice because I get to come be with you. It's not a choice I have to make any longer, but it was when it started. It was when we first got here, and there were plenty of days where we're like, maybe we should just tell them we're sick and not go. So we, we had some things. The Lord was working on us. You know that story. The Lord had to do some stuff. But it is a choice until it no longer has to be a choice because it is the echo of your heart, it is the echo of your life, it is all your story reflects, because it is truly all you want. So I encourage you, I am telling you right now, everything you desire to see will be done when the truth of your heart is, Holy Spirit, you're all I want. I don't want you for the things that I want to see done, I just want you, because in Him will be found the things we want to see done. But it doesn't come because we pursue what we want to see to find Him. We pursue Him and then find everything we want to see. Because all of that is found within Him. I'm already into the sermon. I'm, like, I'm already like on page four. And I've not even started. I haven't gotten past the first question. We're in trouble. And I would love for you to just, before we go on, recognize what Jay said. God does not see in big or small. Because God, if He saw in big or small, He would see in measurement. And then there would be a measurement over your story, a little bar, over your story, measuring what you do and don't do. But He is not a God that looks at your actions. He is a God that looks at your identity that is found in Him because He sees you, and He sees Him in you. He sees the blood of Jesus over you, so He sees Himself and He rejoices because the blood of Jesus covers you. He doesn't see what you did or what you didn't do. He sees who you are and who He created you to be. Thank God we don't serve a God of measurement because we would all be in trouble. So we need to remove now from our own stories right now before we continue on. Just remove it. And every time it comes back in, tries to reintroduce itself, rebuke it again because on this day, what is it? The 26th of February 2022, you said, I will no longer measure my story and I will no longer submit God to be a God of measurement. Because if I proclaim truth, it doesn't matter if it's a small truth or a big truth, because that doesn't exist. It's truth, period. It goes back to what we talked about last week. The man that received the two talents and made four, he did not look in comparison. Well, why did he get five and now has ten, and I only have four? That's not what he saw. That's the result of the man with the one. He saw that he was given less, and so he freaked out and he went and he buried it. And He did not do what was meant to be done, which that master was meant to return. He was supposed to be holding two in His hand. We do not serve a God of measurement. And He does not give in measurement. And He asks us to proclaim truth no matter what it looks like. Every moment of kindness that you're meant to author and illustrate kindness in a place where it doesn't exist, if it's a smile, then it's a smile and the kingdom is established. Because it's obedience to the vision that God has given to establish kindness in places where there was none. So if it's a smile that you give to a stranger, do it. And if you're tearing down a house, wonderful. Those are the same in the heart of God because they're both obedience. So can we move on from that? Stop seeing yourself as small and what God has said is too big. Because He spoke it over you. And He does not see you as small. He sees Himself in you, a God outside of measurement. He did not create measurement. The world did. So let's not place that standard on Him. Amen? Amen. So I'd ask that you would be hopeful this morning. I hope that you've come with hope. I hope that you've come rejoicing. Rejoicing in the seats that are full and not the seats that are empty. Because I trust God to be a God that fills the places that are empty. He's filling the void. And He makes room for us. Right, I love that, and there has been just for me personally, there has been such remarkable testimony taking place all around us because of this highway of holiness. I woke up yesterday to texts upon texts, and Sarah asked, "Were you sleeping in?" I'm like, no. I wish I was responding to messages. People sent me sharing testimony of what the Lord has done through the teachings of this house, and that they've received it, and that they're walking in it, and that they're seeing fruit in their stories. And there are too many. I had to spend an hour responding to messages. Whoa, that's awesome. The Lord is doing exactly what He said He was going to do because we have been faithful to do what He's asked us to do. Period. And He's calling people on this highway of holiness. He's calling people back. He's calling people here for the very first time. And He's calling people to discover heaven and then send them to a new place, to an old place, to establish heaven in that place. It was so fun to talk to the people that had just come a couple of times to this church and were articulating now the city that they're in, how God had established them in a place. And they were taking everything that God deposited in them in this house and they're establishing it in a house in Lubbock. And I'm like, yes! And they're almost, they're like, so I just want you to know, like, please don't, be, don't think I, I don't want to come to church anymore. It's like, dude, I don't care. This is great. I would much rather you invest in the local body than abandon it to come out to sundown. We're only here in obedience, right? We're only here in obedience. And so I'm so grateful for the highway of holiness that's just bringing people for a moment that they could receive all that God has and then they could go into the places that they're supposed to go and establish all that He's released here. Isn't that exciting? Thank you. It is really exciting, man. It is really exciting to hear people in different churches begin to articulate the vision that God released here. And they don't know sundown exists. It's funny how that happens, but I don't know how many people in Lubbock, I'm like, I'm from Sundown. What? That's a time of day, not a place. Like it's near Leveland. Oh yeah, I know Leveland. Well, if you know that dirty hole, you know where Sundown is. Just go farther away. You'll find a cleaner place. I always get so offended when they know where Leveland is and not Sundown. I'm working on it, Okay. But I'm getting so excited, man. There's a prayer house that just started in Lubbock. And this guy came from California. And he was just—he here for like a wedding or something like that. He was just driving around. The Lord just told him, drive on the loop. And he started driving on the loop. And the Lord began to release to him vision. He's articulating vision in this video. And I'm like, yeah, the Lord said that here. And he said that here. And he said that here. And this guy from California that just came to visit Lubbock is getting the same vision that we've had here for years. That's exciting. What a wonderful time. It is so exciting to be in what God has for us. And because we, no matter how few or how many, what is so exciting is that we get to discover and encounter our God together. And what a miracle that is. Amen. We asked this question last week. How do we ensure the world encounters a people of hope? Because the key of everything that God has released for this house is that we be a people of hope. And what the world so desperately needs, especially now, I saw this meme. Uh, You know what a meme is. It's a picture with a little caption. And in one door, COVID was walking out. It was the little COVID virus. and It was walking walking out of an exit door. And in the entrance door was a a bomb with Russia on it. It's like, that's that's cheerful that's good that's but that's what the world sees just one dreadful thing after another I'm like oh man we cannot be those people we cannot be those people we have to be these people of hope that stand in hope and how do we ensure that the world around us encounters this hope turn to Matthew 25 we'll start in verse 20 again I've already said this well we're not we're not going to read it we're just it Matthew 25 you know the story it'll be up on the screen And he had received the five talents, came forward and said, and he gave him the ten talents that he, he had doubled what he had and he had given it to his master. And his master said, I, I want us to see this again. I've already mentioned it twice. I want us to see it again. He said, well done, my good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over little. I will set you over much. And then the man with the two talents comes forward. And now he has four. And he gets... Please hear this. This is so necessary for the rest. He gets the exact same response from the master. And he has, if we're going to measure, he has significantly less. $4 and $10. Buy a lot more at Dollar General with $10. Go in there, you're a king. $4 you're on a budget. Right? It's that simple. But it's that amazing that you have been faithful over little, I will set you over much. It was the condition of the heart that was key in this. They, with the five talents and with the two talents, desired the will of their master, desired to honor him with whatever was given, and they received it all in joy. They didn't begin to measure between one another. They received in joy what the master had entrusted to them because their master just entrusted to them his own. And they were overjoyed with it, and they stewarded it well, because they were honored that He would give them anything at all and entrust them anything at all. So if God gives this church, if God gives this church five people, I will praise God, and I pray that we would praise God because He saw fit to bring a life to this place. Think about that for a second. Stop measuring Attendance is measurement. And that is not who God is. He is outside of that. But think of the reality. If one person, if five people gathered in this building, God saw fit to lead five people to encounter what He was going to release inside this building. Whoa. He just entrusted you with a life to release the truth that He has released in you to release it in them. What an honor. He has placed... In our hands, the stories and the freedom of those that walk through the door. And that He would say, I trust them enough to give them this life. That this life would encounter freedom. And they will be the ones to lead them to this freedom. Whoa, what an honor. You, it's the same with your kid. Have you not ever just held your kid and been like, what an honor to be this, this child's parent What an honor. You know, what a a, a magnificent and a wonderful honor. It is the same for everyone that fills this place God saw fit to lead them here. Because you were here. What an honor. And so we praise God over the life that He saw fit to lead to this place. He said, for this person's story and what I need them to receive and what I need them to give must happen in this place. The servant who ended up with ten talents, the servant who ended up with four talents, received the same welcome. It's not about measuring. It's about what is given. It's so funny that Jay would talk about this. I had that written in notes, so we didn't coordinate. This was written down a couple days ago. We didn't coordinate on this, but the fact that the Lord is moving and stirring in the same way in our hearts is so encouraging and so exciting and should alarm us to the fact that God is trying to do something so big they're just tweaks He has to make before those things can be done. Because how dangerous would it be again if we began to measure what God was doing as He was trying to turn this place into the kingdom of heaven and less like the world and we began to measure it, how long would that last? It'd be gone. If a a thousand people came in and this was standing room only, and we were affected and changed our response to God because this room was so full, how quickly would those people vanish? Mm -hmm. Quickly. Because God is a perfect Father who gives perfect gifts and He will not give us what we cannot handle, but He does not sit there and say, you can't handle it. Go on. Sorry. He says, let, just let me mold you a little bit more. A little bit longer. Because then you will be equipped and ready to receive with such faithfulness that you will be the servant that it doesn't matter the amount you receive. You are good and faithful and you are found to be uh, faithful over little so that I can then set you over much but we have got to allow Him to make these tweaks. And when five people pursue God together with all their hearts, again I'll say, it it will bring the kingdom to such a degree that a stadium full of people just attending to attend could not fathom. I am telling you right now, and I refuse for it to be this place, if this place only houses five people, For the rest of the time that this building exists, so be it. Because I want those five people to be people that pursue the presence of God. Because I have been in massive churches. And I have not seen the Spirit for a second. And I have seen the biggest productions of worship. Meant to draw out the most vulnerable parts of you emotionally. And I have not seen or felt the presence of God. And I have seen these places grow. And just as quickly as they grew, they fell because they were a kingdom of their own without God and without His presence. And they topple like every kingdom that stands against Him will do. And if you are a kingdom that proclaims the name of Christ's absence, its presence, He will destroy you. And I've seen it time and time again. Over and over and over again. We see it. This is, to be honest, this is the only church I've ever stayed at for more than a couple years. We hadn't toppled yet. That's good. It's a good sign. Because I, I, just in the time that we've lived in Houston, my parents have attended four or five different churches searching for the presence of God and not finding Him. And then finally thinking maybe this place, maybe this is it. It was the new hip thing. We went there. So many skinny jeans, cool beards, man buns. It was the cool place to worship God. Denim jackets, dude, all day. Everybody had a matching denim jacket. If you don't know, go to Houston, attend a church in inner city Houston, you'll know what I'm talking about. And uh, that church is toppled. And it was was the hot item. Every time we went home, it's like, you got to go to this church. And it's toppled because the presence of God was not there. You cannot follow and establish the kingdom without Him who has authored the kingdom. And so if this place is meant to only have a handful of people in it that pursue in fullness the kingdom of God, last time I checked, He did not say this place out of this house and in this city will be the kingdom of heaven like it has never been before. It will look more like the kingdom than it does a city, in a state, in a country. He never said if you have an attendance of 50. He didn't say that. He said, this is what I will do. If there are hearts ready and willing to receive, however I come, if this is what I'll do, hearts that lay down their preferences and just pursue God in fullness, desiring God however He needs to come, whatever He needs to do. When five people sing praises to God with all that they have, it sends an echo into eternity louder in heaven and on earth, louder in heaven and on earth than any stadium of people. So I'll I'll not plead with God for seats that are empty, but I will praise Him for the seats that are filled. Amen? And we know that the Lord has anointed this season for fruit, that we would see fruit, and we have already begun to see fruit. I am telling you testimony. We have testimony in this house. I have individual testimony of seeing fruit. We already have it and we will continue to see it. Miracles will be seen. Life, Life change will be discovered. But I came to this place of asking when. Now this is almost as dangerous as asking why. But when can have a clarifying answer. We are not meant to ask why. That is not our story. That is not, or that is not meant for us to ask the why. That is a God question that He is supposed to know. We can't fathom. We can't understand. Don't ask it. It's dangerous. But the when, we can't ask it and under, hope to understand the exact timing of what He's going to do, but He will articulate what needs to be seen for it to be released. When will we see miracles? When will we see lives turned back to God? The wind has an answer in in this case. So let's look at it. We'll turn to Luke 8 and we'll start there. We know this story. This is an amazing story. The woman who touched the the garment of Jesus' cloak. Verse 43. And there was a woman who had had discharge of blood for twelve years, and though she had spent all her all her living on physicians, she could not be healed by anyone. She came up behind him, Jesus, and touched the fringe of his garment, and immediately her discharge of blood ceased. And Jesus said, Who is it that touched me? When all denied it, Peter said, Master, the crowd surrounded you, were pressing in on you. But Jesus said, Someone touched me, for I perceive that the power has gone out from me. But when the woman saw that she was not hidden. She came trembling and falling down before him, declared in the presence of all the people why she had touched him and how she had been immediately healed. And he said to her daughter, your faith has made you will go in peace. And we oftentimes and now you really please really stay with me in this in what we're talking about as we as we go forward. We, we look at the faith of the woman almost exclusively in this passage. And it's amazing. And it's important. The faith that came to Jesus. We look at her faith and we look at the miracle. And Luke 8, if you want to read a busy chapter where Jesus is kind of nonstop going, doing crazy stuff, just Luke 8 has a lot going on. Um, he, lots of miracles and minds being blown But as I as I was led to this passage, again, I don't I don't ever I I try to guard very carefully looking for a passage to prove a point, but finding a passage that stands on the revelation that God has already brought. And so so oftentimes I just have to sit and the Lord brings revelation. I've had it on a post-it note in my office since Monday of what He was gonna say here today. And on Thursday, Luke 8. I wasn't opening my Bible. I wasn't searching. I wasn't Googling. It was Luke 8. So I went to Luke 8, and I began to read, and he began to show. And now look at Acts 3. We'll be in verse 1. got to get there, too. There we go. But what I do have I give to you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and raised him up. And immediately his feet and ankles were made strong. And leaping up, he stood and began to walk. And entered the temple with them, walking and leaping and praising God. And now in Acts 5, verse 12, just a page over. Now many signs and wonders were being done regularly among the people by the hands of the apostles. And they were all together in Solomon's portico. Peter, in in these passages, um, I don't know why I've always had this in my mind, but from from the moment I began reading Scripture with the Spirit uh, leading me through it, and not just reading it for the routine of reading Scripture, but having received the Holy Spirit and beginning to read. I read this passage, and I could not, and I still cannot get my mind away from how Peter walked down the street. Now this is just what has been revealed to me, but this is like 10 years and the Lord has never shaken it from me, never corrected it. Peter was, and and as I see it, Peter was never looking at those that were sick. He was walking with direction and gaze focused on God and God alone. And because of that, the shadow that passed over those that were sick was healed. I never see, and I believe it's important that it never emphasizes Peter's focus on those that were sick being brought out. And I think it's also important to recognize that Jesus never focused on the issue of the miracle and how that was coming to be, but through compassion and kindness, he just wanted to love on the people around him. And because of that, opened up the opportunity for a miracle to flow forth. And in this, in, in this place of the garden, he didn't even know who touched him. And people were touching him all over the place. He was going through a crowd. But this woman touched the tail end of his garment and received healing. And this is what the Lord led me to. And I just need you to stay with me for a second. How did the miracles come to be? How did the life change come to be? And I I saw this as I was just sitting with this and reflecting over my notes yesterday morning. Um. The Lord just saying, I'm I'm going to pull them deeper this morning. And I don't know if you can feel the tug on your heart. I feel it. I felt it since yesterday as He began to release this. So I would ask that you would just step into this to let Him pull us deeper. So I'd ask that you just close your eyes, open your hands in a position of surrender. We keep keep doing all these things. I keep making you do all these activities and I'm I'm not sorry. So we're just going to keep going through, but I would just ask you, in your own heart, in your own mind, to prepare yourself to just say yes to the Lord pulling us deeper. That is why we are here. We are not here to stay stagnant. We are here to be pulled deeper. Amen? So I pray that you would just let Him, allow Him to pull us deeper. In this moment, let it it be. Let it be all that you desire is for Him to pull you deeper. Forget everything that you have to do today. Forget everything that's ahead of you today. And just say yes. And let force, command your mind and your heart to be filled with thinking of only going deeper with God in this moment. Let it be what consumes you. To be led into the deep places of God. That is what we are anointed for. Amen. Okay, so let's go entering into joy, ready to receive and be changed by what comes next. Amen? Amen, amen, amen. So how did it come to be? Peter in his going after the heart of God had miracles flow through him to those around him. Lives changed. And the woman in Luke 8, the woman in Luke 8 who had pursued healing all of her life, pursued healing all of her life, what is so important in this moment is not that she pursued healing and found Jesus. Hear this, please. That's, how, that's, that's what we do in the world. We pursue healing to find healing. That is not how it works in the kingdom of God. Because healing and miracles happen when God is encountered. Amen? They don't happen and then we encounter God. We don't pursue a miracle. We don't pursue the fruit to encounter the tree. We pursue the tree and we encounter the fruit. Do you understand this? And that key is the word this morning. She pursued Jesus because she knew in Him would be found the miracle she needed. She did not pursue the miracle to find Jesus. And I'm telling you right now, I could not have arrived at that point if it were not the revelation of God for me. Now, if you don't agree with me, I welcome it. Go home and allow the Lord to quicken in you what is truth. And if you disagree, come sit with me and we'll talk about it. I don't test every spirit, including the words I speak. Don't just say yes, because Parker spoke. But in this moment... If the Lord is quickening the yes in you over this, then walk in agreement with me. If not, work through it with God later. And right now, allow him to do whatever he needs to do in you, but I would just ask you to listen because this is this is dangerous if we misunderstand where we're going next. But it is so powerful if we understand where we're going next. Miracles happen. I just who in here wants to see miracles widespread happening? Each and every day, everywhere we go, we just see miracles break out. I mean, don't you don't have to lift your hand if you really don't want to see it. If you don't want to see it, that's okay. We might need to have another conversation. But if you want to see it, say amen. Okay. If you if you want to see lives changed for the first time and lives brought back to Jesus, but this time brought back to Jesus in a way where they can never leave him again, say amen. But when we desire God more than the miracle, when we desire God more than we desire the the life change, the lives return, that is when those things happen, and that is what I need you to hear this morning. I want to see this. I want to see this, and I have seen it. I'm telling you, two weeks ago when we anointed to have eyes to see, ears to hear, and a mind to dream of the kingdom of heaven and its coming, I went home and I had a dream of this place being standing room only. It was awesome because normally if you go to a place that's standing room only, you're like, this kind of sucks. I want a chair. But I I saw men that stood around the back so their wives could sit down, the women could have a seat. Just so casually, they had their foot against the wall, their Bibles were open. And they were rejoicing just simply to be in the presence of God. They could care less if there was a seat available. They were just so excited to be in the presence of God. That happened the night after being anointed to see and dream of the kingdom of heaven and its coming. But if I pursue that, it will never be. And I will burn out and I will quit. Because I have found God to be a God that does not answer prayers. He just dangles a carrot in front of us. But that is not who God is. And so I need us to hear it. We've already agreed to it. We want to see miracles. We want to see lives change. We want to see a building full of people, not for the sake of being full of people, but just to see and look around at how many brothers and sisters we have that are pursuing the heart of God with everything they have. To see our city transformed into the kingdom We want to see that. But if that is what we pursue, we will pursue it in vain. If I could just touch His garment, a miracle, the impossible will flow out. Because He's the source. Life change happens when we desire the heart of God more than the life change. Seats are filled when we desire the heart of God more than the seat to be filled. Because all of this is found within Him and they do not exist without Him. When we sing, when we believe, when we declare the Holy Spirit, You are all we want, the rest comes flowing out. The rest comes flowing out. The tree bears fruit in its season when its roots are in the river of life. The tree pursued the water, it did not pursue its own fruit. How ridiculous would that be? And how well would that tree produce fruit if it, produced, if it sought after its own fruit? It would toil in a circle till it was dead. But if the roots do not go deeper and pursue the life source which is the river of life and does not plant itself firmly in that river, fruit never comes. And what I'm saying to you and what I'm again trying to get us to understand is that when we pursue God and He is truly all we want and we are that tree that pursues the river of life, you cannot help but bear fruit. When you pursue God, miracles come because the heart of the miracle, the heart of the person where the miracle is flowing out doesn't care for the miracle. They're excited for it, but that is not why they're there to see a miracle. They're there to see Jesus. They're there to meet with His heart. They're there to fall more in love with Him. They're there to be drawn deeper into Him to know the secret places of God that have yet to be discovered by the people on this earth. He wants us to discover these places. And there is no way that we can discover these places and lives not be changed around us. There is no way that we can discover these places and miracles not naturally flow out. It's impossible. It's fruit. He says, heal the dead, or heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, cast out demons. He told us to perform miracles. He commanded us to perform miracles, but not for miracles' sake. Miracles are not meant to be an idol. These seats being filled are not meant to be an idol. Life changes is not meant to be an idol. But we are meant to pursue the one that authors all of these things. And when He Hear me, church. When He is the desire, the one desire, the King that sits on top of the throne of our lives, and He is all I want. Holy Spirit, You're all I want. Miracles will flow, and you won't be able to stop it. Miracles will flow, and we will not be able to do anything to stop it. And they will just flow naturally. Do you think about breathing in and out? No. You breathe in and out. It's natural. It's what you're created to do. It's to fill your lungs with breath and to exhale. And that will be the miracles that flow out of this place and in this place because it is so naturally the next thing that happens when we pursue the heart of God and that's all we want. I don't want what comes with it. I just want Him. And I can't wait to see what comes with it. But I want Him. I want Him. Not what He can do for me. Are you hearing me? Because I want to see miracles. I want to see lives changed miraculously. I want to see children prophesy from this stage. I was thinking about it. Oh, here we go. Now I'm getting emotional. Uh, Just thinking about they're up there playing drums, weeping. Um, I blame Jay and his leadership. He's made me a softie in worship. And I'm playing, and I'm, I, I can remember so clearly when I started playing drums in a worship band. It was my parents' attempt to get me involved in church when we moved to Houston, because I hated everything and everyone. I'm like, well, he likes drums, so maybe he'll do this. And that, that them making me, and I had to audition. It was intense. Um... And I remember the man that sat there, Jeff Campbell, who would be my youth pastor and one of my dearest friends, listened to the Lord and said, he will be your drummer. And he, he knew who I was to be before I would ever discover it because he listened to God. And that's another story. It was a miraculous thing. But because that group of people saw me and they were led by a man and said, this, yeah, he's supposed to be a part of our worship. And from that day, Before I started my freshman year of high school, I had been playing drums in a worship setting. And I never thought that I would be in this place, getting ready to preach to my church, playing drums, watching my wife, my son, my daughter, and my sister and my niece before me, and I got to lead them in worship. You tell me. Is there anything better than pursuing the heart of God? Because I did not pursue that moment. But because I pursued His heart, I got that moment. What a gift. What a gift that I get to be on the drums and I get to have this little niece who is fascinated with her uncle. She doesn't see my faults. She doesn't see all the issues that I have, all the things that I do wrong. She's just fascinated with who I am in that moment. It's because somebody said yes to a kid playing drums in worship. It was all because pursuing the heart of God, it led me to this moment and that miracle of a moment. I was given that and it flowed out so naturally. That wasn't orchestrated. That wasn't planned. That wasn't organized ahead of time. That wasn't this 15-year plan of, I'm going to get there. It's not what it was. Pursuing the heart of God led to a moment like that. What a miracle. What a miracle. Life changed. changed. Lives changed. My son will grow up only knowing his parents in ministry. What a miracle. My children will grow up only knowing the identity that God has given them and spoken to them that they would never have to deal with deliverance of a lie in their life. All because of the pursuit of God, not the pursuit of those things that so flowed so naturally from the heart of God, right? We can't plan those things. Those are, and those are miracles. So church, I'm telling you, this place, this city, the desires of your heart will be so transformed and things will be done that you could not comprehend or could not imagine being done in this house and in this city and in your lives and in the world around us. When the desire of our heart is the Holy Spirit and only the Holy Spirit, the presence of God and only His heart. I just want Him. I don't care about anything else. I just want Him. And not just on a Sunday, not just on a Wednesday, but every day, if you would wake up and give him your first breath, I'm telling you, our world will be dynamically and completely transformed. And how foolish would we have to be to know what it, what will be done if we simply pursue the heart of God in fullness and then choose to not pursue him in fullness. You've already said you want to see miracles. You've already said you want to see lives changed. You already said you want to see this place be standing room only. You've said that. You've agreed with it. And I've just told us, the Lord has just shown us what is necessary for that to happen. He's saying, I will do these things that you desire. If I am who you pursue and not those things. So easy. Easy. It's so easy. It's so logical. It makes complete and total sense. There's no confusing aspect about it. The Lord is saying that world change is easy. Just pursue my heart. Pursue me and I will change the world. Like Jay articulated in that moment. What can we do? from Lubbock, Texas, sitting at Market Street praying for a conflict across the world. He said, you can change it by simply offering up prayer and intercession over this place because that is where the heart of God is found. And we are the children of God, sons and daughters, princes and princesses to the kingdom of heaven, the rulers of it. We sit and we have a place made for us in the throne room of God. There is nothing big or small. We are outside of measure because everything is world-changing that comes from the sons and daughters of God. Everything. But it's when we pursue the heart of God that world change happens. So I'm encouraging you now as we step from one hopeless season in the world to another hopeless season, stand in hope knowing that I don't have to worry about all that. I just have to pursue Jesus, Him crucified, Allow the presence of God to fill my life and desire His heart more than I desire the breath in my lungs and the world around me will be changed. And the world across the world will be changed. How can it not be? So Lord, I pray that that would be true of this place. And I pray that we would sing with such fullness. We would sing with such power. We would yell. We would would cry out with such fullness. That the pursuit of our heart, the pursuit of our life would be so evident in these moments. That the world would look at this place and the people that fill it and know so clearly who it is that they pursue, who it is that they desire. Lord, we can't sing loud enough. We can't praise long enough how good you are and how much we love you. But I pray that we would try. I pray that we would try to sing loud enough. I pray that we would try to praise long enough to articulate and show the world around us who it is that has captured our hearts and who it is that we pursue with every fiber of our being. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. I don't know what's next, church, but I don't know how we go back. From from knowing this now, how how do we ever have a regular service again? Right? So I would encourage you now to leave overflowing a joy and to come back next Sunday overflowing with joy. That if one person walks in, praise God. Oh man, praise God. And do not worry if you're the only person that walks in. Praise God, because this God who has saved us and made a way for us to have a place in this throne room has chosen you for a great and mighty work, and He is worthy of praise. And I know that when I pursue Him with all my heart, greater things will I do than He. Thanks for listening to this message. For more resources, visit sundownchurch.com.